0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 snack bracket championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker challenge is underway and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about prime time matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles ridges reign supreme? Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Canada, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello everybody and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata, joined by Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts. Miami Dolphins not doing a lot in the news this past week. So this week's going to be a little bit of a one-off episode in terms of what we're going to talk about our content. And we're going to bring you some entertainment this week on Finsider Radio, we're not going to talk about OTAs. We're not going to talk about the regular drama within the organization in terms of position battles and who's battling who and who's saying what. No, instead, we're going to talk about two different things tonight. One, we're going to talk about our greatest game we ever attended in person. And two, one dark horse candidate that we think is going to make an impact for the Miami Dolphins this season. Figure it's a nice little break, son, and how it's from the daily grind, so to speak, in terms of who's doing what and who's doing who. That did not come out right. And yeah, who's- yeah.
1: Who's doing who? And who's doing what? All right, let's address the elephant in the room. I, I want, <laughs> I-, I want something to get in on this, son. What-, what did we find out about Matthew the other day? That's just.
2: Just okay, this me. has kind of been eating away at us for a few days, so it's probably best that we just get this off our chest. All right,
0: so that that slip up there was not an invitation for you guys to rank on me.
2: Well, yeah, who's known <laughs> who? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we were asking Matthew the other day um, because you know he has horrible taste in music and TV and pretty much any sort everything, of everything of everything. We asked him what his favorite movie of all time was. Not just recently, not his favorite superhero movie, not his favorite princess movie that he watches with his daughter. What is his favorite movie of all time? How's what did he say it was?
1: I think Matthew should say it. I mean I can hear it in your voice. You're getting ready just to you're about you're ready to go off. You're about to blow a gasket. So
2: you you might as well tell us. Tell us the movie.
1: Tell us why. why. Tell us why, yeah. And why?
2: Why. You want me to tell the movie.
1: Yeah. Your favorite movie. You should have no problem telling us why you just absolutely (laughs) love this movie.
2: (laughs) This should roll right right off the tongue.
1: I uh yeah, I said my favorite movie was Big
0: Daddy.
2: Big daddy. And just for everyone. So this is not like a um, porno. It's like not a classic yeah. or any. Yeah. or it's not, Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it is the classic. It was with Adam Sandler
2: oh Jesus, and several other
0: individuals, but, uh, several it's a, other
2: individuals. Yeah. So the great yeah, who else, cast, who
1: was go the on. cast. Yeah. Who was Rob Schneider?
2: Okay okay yes he was in there i I believe he
1: he's in every every adam sandler movie so
2: yeah adam
0: sandler has like the same people in every single movie um so
2: so are we just gonna ignore the fact that that big daddy's maybe top maybe number three at best adam sandler movies
0: joey uh lauren adams
2: the sprouse twins Okay, so you just looked it up and yeah, on IMDb. You're, uh, I can't yeah, believe
0: you. This okay,
2: just stop talking.
0: Opens number one at the box office with a 41536370 dollars. Oh, that's just so, oh, so wow. outrageously
2: impressive. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: was, like, I have
1: people to say like Fight Club, like that's
0: it was, was his highest month. grossing film domestically. Until Hotel Transylvania two in twenty fifteen.
1: Okay. Until Hotel Transylvania two okay, beat it out. Do you are you hearing yourself? That's terrible.
0: This was a... Uh, There's
2: no way Happy Gilmore didn't make a billion dollars.
0: No. Big Daddy
1: is... Warner Boy's better, too.
0: Big Daddy has it all. It has the comedy. It has the heartbreak. It has the joy. It has the tears. It, it moves you to tears at different points. It, it it's does relatable. It. It's funny. It's it's stuff that you would think about doing with your own child. It, it's, it's, it's just... It's unbelievable. It is what, a fantastic what, movie. What
2: part in Big Daddy do, do you really want to do with your son as you as you progress as a father?
0: <laughs> um, Probably just covering the cereal spilling with newspaper and just calling it a day and just going on and having fun.
1: <laughs> and dropping them big loogies that you suck back up, right? That's a good part
0: Dude, of the
2: whole movie. Chrissy will rip you a new butthole.
0: Yeah, well, she does anyway, so uh, <laughs> nothing new.
2: But I mean it's a
0: it's a touching story you know he tries to adopt this kid he tries to take this kid under his wing and give him a father figure and he doesn't have and Adam Sandler or Sonny Colfax has no idea what he's doing but he's doing the best that he could possibly be and then when Department of uh Child and Family Services tries to take you know the kid away, it's very sad because the <laughs> Julian the Kid doesn't want to leave uh, Sonny Colfax, and Sonny doesn't want to give Julian up, and it's just a
1: very sad thing. Okay, so let's... let's,
2: Okay, Matthew, let's just pretend...
1: We did not care that much.
2: Let's completely stretch the truth for just a second and say that Big Daddy is the best Adam Sandler movie. You said it was a touching story at parts. Do movies like The Shawshank Redemption or Schindler's List or... Endgame, Avengers, or Infinity War, or anything like that, move the needle for you, or were all those movies I just listed not something that you're even aware of?
0: I've never seen any of them.
2: <laughs> I, I'll, I'm, you're I'm you're punching done. you in the face the next time I see you. All right, I, I will tell you. I will tell you. In high school, when
0: I was in when I was in band, we played the theme from Schindler's List, and that was a very sad song. So I can only imagine how touching that movie is. Yeah, moving along. Let's. Uh, you're. you're Edward Scissors is also another good movie.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump to it. Favorite game that you've ever seen in person? I've been to a few games myself in the lifespan of my life. Um, been to the Hall of Fame preseason game when Marina was inducted, been to a few other preseason games, I've been to a few regular season games. Dolphins versus Texans when Dan Campbell took over. Dolphins versus Jets last year. Dolphins versus Raiders last year. Dolphins versus Jets. Sunday night football uh, a few years ago with Houts and Sutton. We were both there uh, with, with numerous other people. Dolphins versus Bengals last year in Cincinnati. But I'm going to, before I give my favorite game in person, I'm going to defer it to House and Sutton first. We'll start with you, Houts. What was your favorite game you've ever watched in person?
1: All right, so I remember it was December 28, 2008. The game got flexed to a 4-17 start time. The Dolphins versus Jets, it was the year when the, the Jets got rid of Chad Pennington. He fell into the Dolphins' lap. Brett Favre was the quarterback at the time. The Dolphins had a chance to win the division. Uh, it was a great game. I mean, I remember seeing the Anthony Fasano touchdown, the, the Ted Ginn touchdown. I mean, I was there. It was, it was probably the most unbelievable game I was ever at. I remember seeing Brett Favre get destroyed by Jeremiah Bell at the end of the game. I thought his career was over, but he went on to play a little longer. Uh, the thing I remember most about this real quick is we rolled up to the stadium, and my, my mom had a Volkswagen Cabrio, and I, my dad just yells out the window, thanks for Chad, ladies, because he was just so excited that the Dolphins had Chad Pennington. Uh, I was there with my dad. It was a great experience, and to me, that was my all-time favorite game. And when you look back on it, it was the last time the Dolphins actually won the division.
2: Mine personally, mine is the 2013 matchup between the Dolphins and Steelers in December. It was a crazy game. If anybody remembers this, so basically, the Dolphin—it's a back-and-forth game. Uh, the Charles Clay crazy touchdown where he almost gets tackled by like four different guys, and he stiff arms off the ground, and then bounces into the end zone Daniel Thomas went off that game I mean it was just a back and forth really high scoring game so it was just a really fun football game to be at but then it's the very end of the game the Dolphins are winning 34 to 28 at this point and the Steelers have the ball and they start laddering the ball back and forth and Roethlisberger somehow gets it over to Antonio Brown, who breaks a tackle and gets out into some space and rounds the corner. And what looks like to me from the stands that he has ran in for a touchdown and the dolphins have just flabbergasted me to the point that I, I can't believe what I'm watching. And it seems like an eternity to see the ref go over and point that Antonio Brown had stepped out of bounds. And that that emotional roller coaster just in that short amount of time, that was one of the craziest experiences that I've had at a football game. Just to see all those Steelers fans like starting to leave and watching them lateral the ball around and make it seem like they materialized out of something. Like thank god and he only stepped out by what, an inch? I mean, it wasn't by much, but uh, thank God that God smiled on us that day. Uh, didn't amount to anything. We didn't make the playoffs or anything, but uh, it was still a great game to be at.
0: Mine was uh, the Dolphins versus Texans back in 2015. It was Dan Campbell's first game at home after taking over as interim head coach from Joe Philbin. Previous week, they had uh, beaten the Texans in a, in a blowout situation, and it was no difference in Miami when they came back home. Lamar Miller was featured front and center in the office in the offense. Uh, Jarvis Landry was featured, made about 25 guys miss on his way to a long touchdown pass. Early on in the game, it was about probably maybe a 60 yarder or so, uh, but he basically caught the pass towards this left sideline early in the first quarter, ran across the other side of the field and ran up the field, and made it into the end zone. And that just started the route. Um, with Ryan Tannehill throwing dimes, Lamar Miller doing a lot of great work, Rashard Matthews, remember that name, uh, Jarvis Landry, again, just, just balling out. It was a total and complete domination for the Miami Dolphins by the uh, second quarter. Early in the second quarter, it's already 35-0, to 41-0 going into halftime. It was uh, pretty crazy. I was there uh, sitting down. It was a huge rainstorm that day as well. So, you know, the field on and off, wet and dry, so forth and so forth. It was just an absolute domination. And, you know, that's when we thought, a lot of us thought that, oh, my God, Dan Campbell might actually be the guy as head coach. Uh, We know that that momentum would soon falter a few weeks down the road and uh, would go back to you know just finishing out the season as strong as they possibly could. But, man, were those a fun few weeks for Dolphins fans with Dan Campbell leading the way. And I won't ever forget that game. It was just an amazing, amazing game. That's mine. Thank you for sharing yours.
2: Hey, you had a better taste in that than your taste in movies. You know –
1: yeah, and let's not forget the game we were all at where uh Bryce Petty almost died. We almost murdered. That was, pretty, murder.
2: that was ridiculous.
1: We would have been on an episode of Law and Order, they would have to change our names, but we would have been there <laughs> giving our t- testimony on what we saw happen.
2: We we had such a great angle at that sack too. It was like Houts. right at us.
0: That's when Houts almost got into a fight with uh the fans in
2: front of that us never about
0: happened. two
1: minutes into the game. I don't get angry.
2: Yeah, that was well before anything like crazy happened. House was just
0: house was just you know, ready to go. I think it was during the national
1: up. anthem that he. Just it was got the fired chicken. Up. It was the chicken wings.
0: <laughs> we had a great tailgate. Speaking of which, if you are going to the Jets Dolphins games this season, I know the MetLife takeover is going to be strong, like they are every year. But Pro Football Network is thinking of planning something as well. So keep your eyes out. We may be raining down on MetLife Stadium for a PFN Summit. And if so, everyone is invited to party with us before, during, and after the game. More information coming soon. All right, let's switch gears here. We talked about my favorite movie, which is a great movie, which you should all watch. We talked about our favorite games we've seen in person. Now let's talk about one Dark Horse player that might make a big impact for the Dolphins this coming season. Son, we'll start with you. You
2: know what? I'm going to go with a player who I think, and when I'm defining a dark horse for me, I think a dark horse for me is someone who's going to get an opportunity because someone above him in the depth chart is going to get injured or something along those lines. And um, I think... In this case, I'm I'm gonna back Jalen Davis and I think he he offers a niche for us at slot cornerback, and if anything happens to Bobby McCain, like he automatically gets a ton of reps, and I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more five defensive back standard defense. So it stands to reason that you could see more slot cornerback even to spell Bobby McCain too. And Jalen Davis was an undrafted free agent last year. Ended up getting picked up later in the season. Got some snaps in the last two games of the season, and and made a couple of plays while he was there. And he was an undrafted free agent that I thought would stick around a little bit, um, for the very reason that he does have a uh, interesting body type. And he's only 5'10", 185, but you would think. When we're, when we're worried about that slot-wide receiver position and especially what we're seeing out of the New England camp that we're going to want to be able to match up as well as we possibly can, have someone a little bit lower center of gravity for the, for the quick twitch stuff that we're going to need, those in-and-out breaking routes, and to be able to keep up with those guys. So I think Jalen Davis is somebody that I think offers a unique skill set to this defensive secondary, and as a result... Uh, whether it's through injury or just because uh, Brian Flores and his defense is able to find an additional role for him. I think Jalen Davis is a dark horse to keep your eye on later in the season.
0: How about you?
1: For me, and I know it's a guy that a lot of people have been talking about lately. I'm not really sure how big of a need the Dolphins currently have at the wide receiver position. We know there's uncertainty surrounding Jakeem Grant with his injury. Albert Wilson, you haven't heard much about him because he's nursing an injury. So, there is some uncertainty there, but the player I'm most interested in is the six foot four, 210 pound wide receiver out of Colorado State, Preston Williams. We know he won undrafted. We know for the reasons why he had to transfer from Tennessee, he had some off the field issues. Then he got in some trouble uh, with the domestic abuse uh, issue that she, he had that ended up being cleared. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a guy that if he can keep his head right, he has that potential to be. Hey, what many people think a pro comparison to him is Martavius Bryant. So, I mean, this is a big body receiver, can run all the routes, has some inconsistencies with his hands, but uh, I'm not sure how much of a factor he can be year one, but I think long-term, there's a reason the Dolphins went out there and he was one of their first targets uh, as soon as they could sign these undrafted free agents. I mean, this is a guy that some thought would be drafted in the third or fourth round. So, for me, he has that potential to to be a, Dynamic receiver. You know, some people think he's that big body number one wide receiver. You know, you see Devontae Parker making plays in training camp and OTAs, but until that translates to the game, the Dolphins need to find that big body receiver on the outside. Uh, Whether or not Preston Williams can do that year one, I I can't really attest to that, but I think, you know, long term, this is a guy that has potential to break out. And
0: I'm going to take a different approach to this. I'm not going to take a guy who is maybe not well known with Dolphins fans. I'm going to go with Jerome Baker. And people may say, well, he kind of broke out last year a little bit. He played really well. Yes, he did. But I think he's going to have an even more significant role this season. All reports coming out of camp is that the Dolphins coaching staff are absolutely in love with two linebackers so far. That is Kiko Alonso and, yes, Jerome Baker. Raquan McMillan's name has not been mentioned in the love fest that the Dolphins have for their linebackers. I think Raquan will still have a nice role on this team. But I think when you're looking on the field this year, at right, who can be playing the majority of snaps at the linebacker position, I really do think you're going to see Kiko and Jerome out there more often than not. Jerome Baker is a guy that played 16 games last year, started 11, had one interception, but more importantly, had 79 combined tackles, 57 solos, 22 assists, four tackles, four loss, had four quarterback hits. Oh, four quarterback hits and three sacks. Um, you know, when he was schemed, we saw it sometimes when Matt Burke, had actually uh, a light bulb moment and realized what he was doing or actually found probably a a nut, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. When he actually schemed Jerome Baker to uh, rush the quarterback for the sack, we saw Jerome Baker get there more often than not. And Jerome has a lot of speed, is a lot of smarts, understands what he's doing out on the field. Very humble player. I saw him in the locker room after that big game he had last year. I believe it was against the – Jets, I think, can't remember, but a very humble kid, very very, um, intuitive into what's going on. And I think under a guy like Brian Flores and his coaching staff, he's only going to improve from here. And I think by the end of the 2019 season, you'll be talking about Jerome Baker as one of the cornerstones of this Miami Dolphins defense.
1: Yeah, let me, quick, let me just quick defend my boy Baekwon. I mean, we can't discredit what he's going to do in this defense. I think he's going to have a, a huge impact this year. Those two guys, I mean, that's the future of the Miami Dolphins. Defense, the future of that linebacking core, and it's a lot brighter than it was a few years ago.
0: So we got Jalen Davis, Preston Williams, and Jerome Baker. If those three can really get it moving, then the Dolphins have found some good finds and can continue building this foundation for the next several years as Brian Flores and company – Try to get this franchise moving in the right direction because God knows this franchise needs it. Short show this week, but hey, not a lot going on in the world with the Miami Dolphins. Any last thoughts, Houghton Sutton?
2: No, hope everybody uh, had a chance to relax and, and enjoy some family over the weekend for, for Memorial Day.
1: Yes. Yeah, thanks. thanks to all the veterans that, you know, Died for us to have our freedom, and all those fighting for us right now. Uh, I just want to say, keep an eye on Pro Football Network. We're rolling out their fantasy uh, part of that real soon, so keep an eye out for that. And all right, that's going to do it for us
0: this week here on Finsider Radio for Joshua House and Aaron Sutton. I am Matt Canada. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time.